woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so uh, you know, that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you sixty thousand dollars. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Well, and welcome back to and Jacks. I'm Tom Al. We have Greg Pappas on the board and uh, as a guest. Boom shakalaka. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing double duty here. Matt, Matt Byrne is in Door County, right? It's a nice place. Yeah, it is. I, uh... We used to go there. Anyway, SP Futures up five, NASDAQ Futures up nine. We were up last night, then we were down. As the Chinese numbers were lousy, we went down. But we don't let any any bad numbers. is nothing more than a buy-the-dip possibility. You left out what? a word. What? B-T-F-D. What is that? <laughs> buy the something dip. Yep. Oh, yeah, buy the friggin' dip. Yeah. No. Got to. But now... Uh, even even if uh, it over at night we were down five or six points last night and uh, that's the that's the dip. This is this is uh, uh, incredible. Here's we have a article here by uh, Lori Konish. Thirty seven percent of baby boomers have more stock exposure than they should. Fidelity well, says a little su- subjective. Um, well, I'm surprised. They, they Are we talking sixty forty or what? What portfolio? Well, I mean, for a long time when you got nothing on fixed income, I mean, most people were <laughs> probably a so hundred. Zero, a hundred. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I mean, what you know, what what should when when the when the Fed and I'll say the Fed, <clears throat> whether you thought it was good policy or bad, <clears throat> when the Fed totally turns the normal investment world upside down, people make adjustments. I don't know. If I had a billion dollars, I I don't think seventy thirty <coughs> would be the worst thing. Um, seventy and what? Seventy stock, thirty bonds. Okay, but no. if you were eighty years old, it should have been. <coughs> people would have said the other 50, way around, 50. but nobody was because you didn't make any money for five years and. Uh, maybe fifty-fifty if I. Would. Well, but I'm saying it's. You're yeah, clearly not talking. To, you're clearly not talking to the, today's investor. I need to be all in whatever was up last week. <coughs> How about Nvidia? Said exactly. <coughs> Well, exactly. it's the Magnificent Seven now. Fang plus uh, something in NVIDIA. Fang plus uh, Microsoft plus Microsoft. NVIDIA, right? Yeah. Or, or Tesla. One or Magnificent. Two. Yeah, maybe it's Tesla. There's three more. If AMG is only four. AMG four, and then Microsoft, Tesla, NVIDIA. I would believe so, but I'm not positive. Isn't NVIDIA that. another N? So Fang. Okay. That wasn't the one that was... Uh, why don't you... Why don't you... Why don't you Magnificent Google Seven. Yeah, I want you to do a Google on that. We're testing my skills yeah. here. Um, so anyway, they claim people are doing f- are making four mistakes. 
All right, and uh, the interesting part is, uh, well, assess downside risks. What does that mean? It means assess. <laughs> if it goes down, I could lose. But it's ever, but <laughs> That's it's always. Wrong. I don't yeah, understand but, but not, these people who say, yeah. <laughs> make that try to sound special. That's always. It can always go down. Well, no, it can't. How can it go down now? If it goes down, it's a buying opportunity. It says Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, or there's Alphabet. So that's, that's Google. That's Google. And now it's Facebook, or now now it's Meta, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Tesla, NVIDIA. Right. We were good. We were on. Yeah. All right. Nice. We're not, we're not so dumb. Just saying. Something about a blind squirrel. I think, you know, one of the ones you got to add in there that I that no, nobody talks about and is one of the, the incredible winners, like, every single friggin' day. Carvana. Ar- Adobe. Adobe. Oh, that's a good one. Adobe was... Uh, at five twelve, it was three thirty five. Now it's five forty one. Nice. I think Adobe Illustrator would be kind of cool. Um, I was looking at the other day. I wanted to ask Andrew about it. They got a program where you could kind of put in your character, and then if you have text or dialogue, it will kind of animate it for you. So that would be fun. Anyway, you're supposed to assess your risk. Yeah, that's always. These yeah. people are... Silly. Not doing anything with it. You're just supposed to assess it. Well, yeah. That's always. Everybody's supposed to be... That's what happens. Yeah. It's worth zero. You can assess my... <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Identify an investment sweet spot. What the hell does that mean? No one can predict with any level of certainty how long you're going to be around. Well, this, we know that. This sounds like a journalist wrote this, not oh, yeah. a oh, stock not a person. Oh, yeah. No, not... Uh, consequently, not investing in equities is not prudent. Okay. Yeah. What What about when you have like a crash, crash or something? Let well, me say that. I mean, I. The only thing I will say some more. The only thing that I will say about the buy and hold theory is uh, it kind of depends on when you bought and when you held too, right? Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. And the taxes involved. Oh yeah. Well, you know, if I had a dime for everybody who made a crummy trade, or Whoa. didn't make a trade because of tax reasons, I'd be a very wealthy man. Yeah. Beware the risks of play money. You see, this guy. Let's let's email him. It's a lady. Let's let's email her and have her be on socks and jocks. Let's grill her. Yeah, we'll grill her. Can't get, can't grill anybody anyway. It's just, we just ask some regular questions. Ask some it? questions. Yeah, equity exposure should be appropriately diversified. No, it shouldn't. Such appropriate. Through, There's another yeah. one of those subjective terms. Yeah, such as through a mix of large cap and small cap, international large cap and small cap, low cost passive funds. Retirees who feel they are appropriately invested may want to dabble in stock picking with a small sum. What is small? Another oh, subjective. No, yeah, another <laughs> subjective. We have a... a this is fun. I think we should read more articles yeah, together. We have a potential client, um, older gentleman, nice guy, uh, does not want to buy any sort of funds, any diversification, Right. Well, what if, you're, that is. if you're buying uh, S&P, you're buying 7%, what, Apple and 6%? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, well, that's, that's not a, uh, Microsoft. That's not his reasoning. Guess what the reasoning is? In these indexes, there's going to be some bad stocks as well. He doesn't want to own those. He just wants to own the good ones. Concentration. Yeah, well, no, a concentration. What's, uh, he wants to be diversified in all the good ones, not yeah. the bad ones. It's a good thing we can pick those. Yeah, it's a good thing we can pick those. So last year, you absolutely wanted to be in defense, oil, and all the rest of them, and you yeah, wanted we to be said that. and you wanted to be short 
all the high tech. The minute the, the calendar changed, you want to get rid of all the other stuff. Is he short stuff. anything now? I, I, That'd I, be I, interesting. I've not seen his. That'd be interesting to see what your short. No, no, he's not. Now. He's not. He's not short anything. Oh well, then you know why you want to be short later when you're not short now. Well, you want to be short. If I'm, t- I'm talking about in general, if you look back at last year, you want to be short the fangs, and along the other stuff. And the minute the, the calendar changed, you want to flip that around. Because now this year, all everybody wants to be in all the stocks they didn't want to be in last year. So we actually have a lot of people who sold like Nvidia and these other things last year, and now are back in at way higher prices. Oops. Yeah. Now it's well, for me. I would want to do. Uh, Carvana. Yeah. Well, now it is an article <laughs> Except for Carvana, uh, August first last year, or whatever, it was it was also forty six dollars. <laughs> so, so you've gone from forty six to uh, what four, back up to forty six or forty five, whatever it but is. But number here. four is staying the course is usually your best friend. Expert caution that there are other downsides, but certainly when it comes to market timing of buying and selling based on the market's ups and downs. Do we qualify as experts? Um, Does anyone uh, qualify as expert? Uh, I'm going to say, if you have uh, if you have insider information, you're probably an expert. Ah, I'm an I'm an expert on the qualification. I will say this: I am an expert on option trading. Whatever your portfolio, whatever you think you need to do, I can get there cheaper and with less risk. Using options that would stack some combination of options and stack. I can, yeah, I but can that's sh- a lot of work. Yeah, I, c- I can shape your just buy Nvidia, right? Just buy it. I, I, I can shape your risk reward curve better than just about anybody. That, that, that's what I'll say. But then again, if it's just going to go up, you don't you don't need, you don't really need me, right? Well, uh, what's the risk tolerance of these people? It, fine when it goes up. Yeah, fine when it goes up. Yeah. And double not fine when it goes down. Right. Even missing some of the best days in the market could lead to poor returns. So you always have to be. Oh in. man, this this is just to illustrate. This the is point, always yeah. uh, always the case. Meaning, she's adding nothing to yeah. this conversation. To illustrate the point, he t- this guy tells clients after a hurricane comes a rainbow. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? I'm jealous of your ability to find these articles. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's I mean. We're, we're, where do you get this stuff? I don't. Uh, by the way, later in the program with Jan and with Nancy, we're going to be talking about this article that. Uh, I mean, I, I know I've, I've, you know, ponied up the numbers a few times in case people don't think I know how to add. There's this outfit called. The, the, I don't know. These guys sent out articles. The Juice. The Juice. Yeah, and I don't. Know if, I mean, I don't know what all these OJ? guys. OJ. I know it's not. OJ's in jail. Um, OJ's not in jail. Well, that's right. He's out. He's out. That's right. Here's how outrageously expensive it is to buy a house right now. And this, I'll use these guys' numbers when Nancy and Jan come in. But, you know, um, we have a friend, friend of the show, and a friend of mine forever. Matter of fact, we used to be boyfriend-girlfriend, and then uh, we actually modeled houses together. Robin Spitali, she's been on the show. Terrific lady. Um, Robin used to be uh, one of these ladies, what, what do you call a... What's the thing when you, you, you don't adopt, but you take on a... A younger kid and like taking places they couldn't normally go. Somebody from a bad neighborhood or something. Yeah, you're a. What do you mean? You're not. What, there's a name for that. What the hell is it? You're like a big brother. Yeah, she was. Or a big sister. But she took. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if she had a. I don't know if she had a little, little guy or a little girl, that she was taking. But they took. I don't know. What, they took him downtown. It wasn't. It wasn't like he shoved money in him or anything. It was. Uh, but then they went to. Uh, uh, a speech. I think it was. I think it was Chicago Theater guy so long ago. And O.J. was the inspirational speaker. Yes. And she said he was unbelievable how good he was. And these kids were 
they couldn't believe it sitting there listening to O.J. Simpson and how, how how much talent that guy had in a lot of ways. Um, not to mention he's one hell of a football player, but but she said he was. These kids were they 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 thought they died and went to heaven. Um, anyway. I'd be pretty excited if I was seeing O.J. and it was before you know, he went before, to jail. Yeah, <laughs> before he went <laughs> before those documentaries and stuff. Oh God, yeah. Um, but he was. Uh, you know, I went to see in Vegas uh, Red Fox, right, at a 2.30 in the morning triple X-rated show. So, of course, it was somewhat dirty. What were you doing before that? Oh, we went to another show. Oh. We, 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 so that was the only time we did. I wasn't a two-show a night guy, but that night we did. We went to one at, uh, I don't know, somewhere and gambled for an hour and went down. It was all the way down to Hacienda, which used to be way down at the end of the Strip, which, of course, now is nowhere near the end of the Strip, but the Hacienda is down. But uh, his buddy uh, Slappy White opened up for him. But he he referred to OJ as the only man in the world clean enough that when he he, he leaves the shower to pee. <laughs> and OJ is the only man on earth that would leave the shower to take a pee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was uh, his idea of the cleanest man on earth. And I don't know what Red Fox thought when he went, when he ended up, when he was well, almost convicted of murder and then whatever else. Anyways, whoops. Yeah, whoops. Whoops. Um, what did you think? He was on the Hertz commercials. Yeah, oh yeah, he was running. No, no, he was, uh, was he Hertz? Or was he Avid? He was Hertz. You don't have to run through airports anymore or something? Something like that. Yeah, and he was, he's like, you know, like, he's like hurtling over suitcases and stuff running through the airport. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Well, uh, we don't, the dude never, I don't think he ever graduated any place except high school. Maybe, I, I assume he graduated high school. I shouldn't really, but. He graduated to acting. No, he went. He went from high school to uh, San Francisco Junior College. He played ball there. I'm thinking two years, and he ran. And then he never. He never graduated there. When was the Heisman? UCF. Or, uh, oh, Southern Cal. U, USC. But then he went to. But he was already. He never graduated there, so he went to Southern Cal, uh, and he was running track after what should have been his uh, second semester of his sophomore year in junior college. He never graduated there. And then he never graduated Southern Cal. He ran track and uh, played football at Southern Cal. One of the biggest changes in, uh, this is a guy, this is a long time ago, so I was still on the training floor. Uh, and it was not nowhere near the time I left the training floor, but uh, Pete and Jerry, and you know, John's brother, he's on TV with him. Uh, Pete, they just got done playing football and he's working for John on the floor. and Because uh, he played five years in the NFL. Um, so he was, uh, God, I don't even know what the hell years this was. It had to be, uh, I don't know, 88, somewhere in there. They, they changed the rule, and one of the, the single biggest rule changes ever in in, uh, in college. Now, we've got this stuff with the, you know, with the, you, you can transfer without sitting out a year. That's obviously a big change. But you could, you could not play, could not transfer from a JUCO, JUCO meaning a junior college, unless you graduated. Before that, <coughs> people just <coughs> people just transferred. They just went. You did your first year, second year. You never graduated. You just went. Then you went to a regular school. John was saying uh, he hurt his ankle. He went to Minnesota. He hurt his ankle, right? So then he, I don't know what happened. He ended up at a junior college, and he said these guys, first they were roided out to the max. He said, but but they would. He said you'd have you'd you'd finish your last game. It'd be on a Saturday and on Monday, like three kids weren't in school. Cause they were they were they worked for their dad's fence company or plumbing company or something. And they they just went to junior college, played football. And the minute football season was over, they they never showed up in another class. Uh-huh. 
That's one way to do it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it just they just want to play football. And, yeah. uh, but uh, he, but anyway, you had to graduate, and, there were, and Pete had a list of uh, schools that had had never given a four year scholarship. I think it was was it Utah State, Montana State, someplace. I'm, I'm going to say, Greg, and I'm, I'm going out on a, a limb here. I know, which I do all the time. I'm going to say with this transfer portal stuff that you're going to find that uh, several schools, I don't know what level, will have, will have will, will just totally cease high school recruiting. Say, screw it. We don't want to deal with these kids. And just get everybody else. It is a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, just get it's everybody It's kind of like picking pink sheets. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I mean, <coughs> plus you got to, if you're going to compete, you got to have a private jet to, <laughs> to, go, to go there. And you, or these guys send the private jet to pick up the kid. Yeah. That I mean, that would be pretty uh, that would that would be pretty impressive if I was a high schooler and, and I get to go on a private jet to go visit University of Alabama or Louisiana or well, whatever. Charlie Louisiana was it, Charlie Weiss was supposedly such a bleep that somebody would like uh, donate the use of a private jet so the guy could cart his fat behind around. And uh, well, nothing wrong with that. No, but he he, he would borrow b- the car. But he he would <laughs> he would bitch about the booze and the and the food on the jet. Yeah, well, that's that's a different uh, different level of opulence. I, I just I, I think that if somebody the let Notre me Dame use their level, pri- yeah, if somebody let me use their private jet, I, I probably could bring my own wine if I really wanted to drink along the way. <laughs> I really wouldn't expect the guy to buy my booze or on, on a plane, would you? I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's different uh, regulations for that. I'm, see, I'm not set up for this. I'm just not. I'm not ready for the private jet stuff. But we did have a guy come in from a. Uh, a seminar once, and I got to. He, he gave me a tour of his private jet. Yeah, it was, that's the only time I've been on one. It was, it was really pretty cool. So he was here with his wife, and it was a. Uh, I think it was a Gulfstream. It was a long time ago, probably early '90s. And uh, it was at Midway, and we got to go and take a look. And of course, I'm talking to the two pilots, and the two guys have their big list of stuff because there's always stuff that doesn't work on the thing. I mean, we're not talking about engines or landing gear, although I suppose that could be it. You know, the latch on the. The latch on the ladies' can is loose, so that kind. Of, there's a list of stuff. Just, it's like if, if you if you take your yacht across the across the lake. When you get to the other side, there's going to be ten things you have to fix, or like a house, right? Yeah. Uh, so, the wife's telling me, "Oh yeah, you know he used he used to have a leer." I told him I'm never flying on that leer. Okay. Uh, evidently, there was. She goes, "If you want me on this thing, you got to have a bathroom." Evidently, the leer he Wasn't had good enough. Well, next to the pilots. Uh, there was a seat. <laughs> you pull the seat up, and that was the can. Nice. <laughs> and the wife's going, I'm not taking a pee right next to the pilots. Oh, my God. Next to the pilot makes sense. They're important. You well, I'm not so sure. I'd want to be doing that either. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you got to fly and uh, other stuff at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, whatever. So she goes, so this one had a regular air, airline bathroom on it. Yeah. You know, no, it was a... You know, a lot. I guess the designers for that, <coughs> excuse me, the designers for that plane weren't really thinking about the passengers. No, <laughs> damn safety concerns. Well, theirs are, you know, they were one of the original ones. Evidently, they're incredible to fly. They're like they're like made from a, they're like a Swedish fighter jet design or something. Yeah. But evidently, to fly them and get up and go, I mean, they're they're still about as you know, I guess, really fun to fly. But there's no creature comforts. I mean, they're short. You're ducking around. These other ones, the Gulfstream is like you know, it's like a commercial jet for God's sake. Uh, but this one was pretty neat because I never got to take a ride, and rather than just walked around the thing. Now who is it? It's uh, well, Gulfstream's still um, the best one. Uh, no, Bombardier. Lear. Yeah, Bombardier. Well, yeah. well, Lear, Lear's 
I think Lure's still around. They're probably, I think, a subsidiary or something. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if you want, if, I mean, if you're going to pay big dough, you want the ones that can go from Chicago to London without stopping and that kind of, those, those are the big Gulf streams. Those cost a fortune. I mean, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to show up at the uh, Davos. You and I show up at a prop job with all these other guys landing with their big Gulf stream and all of a sudden you and I pull in a Piper Cub. I mean, we're going to land somewhere else and take the train over. We're not going to embarrass ourselves. <laughs> What did you think? Uh, we'll talk about it when Jack comes in. What did you think of that video of the fight in uh, Saks Park? Oh, what a good one! That was. I was. I'm glad that they started. Uh, they started late this year, but it seems like we got some good fights. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I uh, and that you know, equal opportunity, women. It's, yeah, it's. Uh, I. What did you think of the the videos from last night in the South Loop? Uh, I did not see those. Whatever. We had, you know we had a nine. A nine-person shooting. We had like a couple that was Lawndale. But I'm talking about South Loop. There were, you know, a few hundred teens that were running around doing the, what? Just causing trouble? Yeah, breaking windows and stuff. And and the uh, the cops came with the the big big uh, trucks and told them to disperse, and they weren't. And the, there was some arguments over the scanner. Um, Saying, <laughs> so "You come here and arrest all of them." The commander was there. I guess he got up and he was pissed. I. Uh, Somehow or another, we're going to have to deal with this. I mean, this, um, I, and I don't know, I don't know, I'm not saying I'm, I'd be the guy to do it, but uh, uh, we had, for those that don't realize it, we had, and I don't know why you would unless you're crazy enough like me to actually look at this stuff. But if you look at Hey Jackass, we, we had a, a four lot, some, some two, eight two, or two. nine shot, one killed. Or, but, yeah. but the, but the, um, the reason I'm going to talk about this crazy video in a second, well, here's one that, Saturday morning, 340, there's one, two, three, four, at 7,100 7, South Prairie, so that's kind of a lot. Then on Sunday uh, a.m., we had uh, nine people shot at 1,500 Costner, one dead. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Now, we had a car stop, so I guess a couple people get out. <clears throat> there's all women. All these people are women. And these guys gunned down nine women. But I will say this, and we have Jan in a couple minutes. That video, maybe we should tweet it out. I don't know if we should. But I don't think we should tweet that. No, we won't. I got that. I got uh, control of that today. Yeah, I don't think we should. I tweet don't that. think we're gonna do it. But the just just so the thing that gets me about this uh, video is you read all the stuff about people shooting people, don't seem to care. People shut their car windows on the rain and so forth. And, and evidently, you know, this is all somehow our fault for not treating whoever these people are properly. And yet, yeah, I think there's a few extra steps in between. Yeah, those. yeah. But but anyway, in this video, the thing that is really haunting me is it's in a it's in a skybox at Sox Park, and I don't know if one of the ladies in the front we row. We should is, tweet that one. That that's what I'm talking one. about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. About. The uh, a couple of ladies in the some lady in the front row starts. Uh, I don't know what she did. What she talked or I don't know. What, anyway, two or three people on each side were start beating the crap out of her. <laughs> Basically, and uh, that's when it got good. Well, but then the thing that really is haunting me is there's this, how should I say it, spatially challenged chick, girl, in a row behind, with holding a bag of full of food that she must have stolen at the, at the thing at the skybox, and she's reaching down with her leg, and just kicking this girl, where the other two people pounding on her, she's getting the kicks in, but the look on her face, it, it's it's haunting to me. It's totally impassive. 
She doesn't care if she just broke her nose. She never even looks. She doesn't care if she broke her jaw. She could care less. I've, ne- I've never seen that sort of total imperviousness to, some- to somebody you're hurting ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess if I ever saw the face of somebody gunning down people on the street, I'd have the same feeling, but I've never seen that. <clears throat> this is the first time I've actually seen somebody's face while they're intending to hurt somebody. She's stone cold. Stone cold. Could care less. How exactly do we bring that person back into the normal fold? I don't think you do. <clears throat> you have to. You have to show them what it's like to be hurt, to feel this, how it feels. I don't know, Chief. But I honestly don't know. I'm sitting there going, one thing I know is I don't want to send her a check for anything. Right. But I mean, here's how. Do, <laughs> I, I, I uh, anyway, it, it's haunting me. Maybe after break. Maybe after break. SP futures up six. Nasdaq futures up thirteen. Be right back. Stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Go. Hello and welcome back to Taxi Jackson. I'm Tom Hodge, Greg, Greg Pappas on the board, and, and uh, he's also a contributor to this morning, like he is every Monday. We have the S&P futures up 575, NASDAQ futures up 1325. We don't care what's going on. We're a little bit of a dip last night. It was it was dutifully bought because we always buy the dip, and here we are. Um, we don't really see any stocks in the down. We've got Chevron Texaco up 243 because I think we're going to talk about oil being up. Johnson and Johnson down three. We got Salesforce down 335, but nothing. Everything else is pretty much green. My Dow futures up 45. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 23.1 percent. FTSE up one. Call that flat. But the CAC around is up 45. It's 0.6 percent. Uh, Euro, Eurozone inflation dips to 5.3 percent. I don't. I just. I can't even look at these numbers. I honestly can't. I mean. Uh, the, uh, guess how much uh, hamburger was yesterday at the Myers? Of course, if you bought one, you got one forty percent off. But we suppose the, the list price was right six ninety nine, seven twenty five. Whoa! I haven't seen that. Oh, I was close. You were close. 
Yeah, you were. Nikkei up 412, that's 1.2%. Hang Seng up 162.8%, back over 20,000, 20,078. Shanghai up 15.4%. Asia markets rises. China's factory factory activity contracts for four straight months. I guess that's good. Uh, on Friday, Dow was up 176, S&P up 44, Nasdaq up 266, so we get a race up on Friday, uh, as we have just about every day. Uh, U.S. Treasury unchanged at 3.97, the Bund up one basis point, 2.47. So you always get markets rising when interest rates are rising. I don't know where this one's coming from. Uh, Japan, get a load of this, up five basis points to 0.61. So we're going to see a change there. Remember when those guys going up caused the market to dip last week? That lasted, what, one afternoon? Yeah, a few hours. Yeah, a few hours. Oil up 68 cents, 81.26. So I called it, called it a breakout last week, so now I'm saying it's officially a breakout. Uh, officially, at least on stocks and jacks. Brent up 60 cents, 85.89. Natural gas up 4 cents, 267. Arbob down a penny, 293. Gold down 250. 1997, though, almost 2000. Silver up 3 cents, 24.53. Copper unchanged, 392. We've got Bitcoin. Up 97, oh, but this thing's been real quiet. 29,383, and the U.S. dollar, last but not least, is down a little bit. But the euro's right at 110, where it was on Friday, and the British pound 128. That's crept up some. Uh, what do you got for us, Travis Weather Sports? Good morning, everyone. 6.35 a.m. Chicago, we've got 65 degrees right now. It's going to be about 83 today. Sunny and clear. Weather in Phoenix, it's 84 right now. Probably about a high of 105. Um, traffic, we got inbound Kennedy to Montrose, 17 minutes. Uh, Dempster to Montrose on the Edens is 10 minutes. That's uh, got an accident, but I don't think it's that bad, at least not yet. Uh, Ike, let's see, Wolf to the interchange is 20 minutes. And then um, the Stevenson inbound 294 to Dan Ryan is 25 minutes. The Cubs and Diamondbacks both were shut out, and the White Sox lost also, the Guardians 3-6. to six. And that's all I got for you. The Cubs had an eight-game winning streak against crummy teams, but still, they had an eight-game winning streak. Winning eight games in the pros is hard uh, in any in any sport. Do we have Mr. Flanagan? Boom. Good morning, Tom and Greg. How are good you? Good. How about you? Good. Tom? You sound good. Now that we got our, our Zoom back working, the uh, you are on Zoom, right? We're on I'm Zoom. on Zoom. Yes. Yeah, I'm saying you sound good. You're loud and clear. So, what did you uh, make of the? The shootings this weekend, the fact the market can't go down, buy the dip, everything is everything's right with the world. Uh, where, 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 where do you want to start, bud? I want to talk to, when, later when uh, when Nancy's here. I want to talk about these housing prices and, and the amount of income that you need to have to own a house. Which you know, I mean, I've been doing a calculation for a while to the extent that people don't believe me. Somebody else did it. Here. But plus, I didn't I didn't do the calculations on, on homes in L.A. because I don't live in L.A. I don't care about L.A. But since these guys did. It'll help out later. We'll talk about that. But I, uh, what do you think of the two people piling out of the car and, and gunning down the twelve women? These are, you know, indicate some kind of strategy, Tom, or some kind of prior planning that, um, you know, it makes you think that there's, you know, far more thinking that goes into these events and coordination than I think even you know the police are aware of or, or want everybody else to start thinking about. Um, but it shows that you know a massing of criminal activity uh, in the most most ruthless and uncaring fashion. I just you know to fire into a crowd. You know if you have a gripe against one person and some kind of retaliation, whatever. But it shows now 
the retaliation is not about you know one individual having you know put a target on his or her back but it's about people who you know by associating with these people are putting themselves in the line of fire too and nobody at the other end cares it's it almost is like if they don't hit them you know it's almost Jen, like uh like open warfare like that's you know that's what you would do if you, if you invaded another country i mean you would you have that kind of war on you know these these ladies i mean obviously there's somebody's boyfriend uh wife or something but we, we, this is where we're trying to take over the area i mean is this a, is this what's going on here i mean is this a almost a, an infantry event where we're taking over this area and, and if you don't like it nobody's safe your kids your wives your girlfriends i mean what are we doing is there some message here like you said i don't I don't. I don't know what the message is, but I don't. I, I'm sure I'm afraid of it. Just saying. Well, I mean, the other side of this too, Tom. Though, are these, you know, groupings of people at? I think this is what a twelve thirty night or something. Twelve fifty. I mean, yeah, I mean, so I mean, you've got crowds of people out on city intersections, um, which. I don't know. I mean, I've never thought that it's a good idea to be hanging around on any street corner at twelve thirty at night in any day, because especially with a large group of people, I, I think you're you're kind of making yourselves at the target. It's like a, an attractive nuisance in the neighborhood. Um, I'm not saying that yet they're in the wrong by doing that, but I do think there's something wrong um, that this is this seems to be the backdrop for a lot of these shootings, and I'm, I'm not sure if the shootings are an attempt to intimidate people from doing this or if it's just part of the culture um that if you put yourself out there you take your licks with everybody else i'm kind of at a loss to explain what what's motivating the people standing around in the corners at night and the people who are shooting at them so there's two two questions i have well under women between the ages of 20 and uh 33 <clears throat> all standing somewhere at 12 50 i mean i mean my old hood you might get a few people that we're out at night or something or sitting on somebody's porch having a beer. That's about the farthest. I mean, that's the only time you'd see anybody wandering around at one in the morning. I mean, I don't know what else. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, you know, that's an invitation to trouble. I mean, that's depending on who's there and why they're there. Uh, you get a lot of people together who, you know, don't necessarily get along with each other to begin with. I think you've got a problem whether anybody shows up to shoot anybody or not. I think you've got a situation where um, it's an intimidation to everybody else in the neighborhood who just wants to be in their bed sleeping and doesn't want to be a part of this. So I, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure how this has or why this has become so common, but it, it seems to be the backdrop now. This, they're like street parties, and they you know I don't know if they're fueled by booze or drugs or you know convivial friendship or what's driving it, but it seems to me a, a bad choice for people to make, and you can't prevent people from making bad choices, but. I think it's becoming pretty clear if you hang out on these street corners, you're a sitting duck for somebody else. Why would you continue to do that? Well, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. You can't blame the victim. I mean, I know, I'm not blaming the victims, but I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's a couple levels of foolhardiness here, too. But I don't know. I, I, I think I the, uh, the, 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 the demonization of what's going on here has gone way beyond, you know, the uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, the law enforcement. I don't. I mean, if somebody, two people pile out of a car and are using essentially automatic weapons, I, I don't see any reason why the police are not trying to gun these guys down while they're shooting. I mean, for God's sake! I mean, it's not about you know we're worried about it. Why, why, why are we going to arrest them? What about their rights? 
when you got an automatic weapon shooting people down, you don't have any rights in my in my view. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I, agree. I, I mean, I we agree. we obviously have our criminal justice system, and if you could, if you could find a way to arrest somebody and take them to trial and all that stuff, I don't know that you that you need. You know, I you know if I don't I don't see how in that kind of an act you're not you're not supposed to be stopped. You know, the person that you're shooting, their life is more important than yours in my mind. But it just I know that's I don't know where, where that puts me these days, but. I don't well, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, if you, if you just go out and spray people with gunfire, but you can see this in the old Untouchables episodes. Yeah. Everybody just dies for cover. Um, some of these are broad daylight. Some of them are at night, but or some of them are, you know, are, are, but they're they're not people who are you know, doing anything wrong or anybody is aware of having done anything that merits this kind I'm of I'm going to say the collateral damage, if you want to call it that, in, in mob days was nothing like this. I mean, yeah. people are running around. I agree. I mean, uh, it's one, it's, I mean, it's it's not the right thing to do to bump off Sam G and Kana, but they didn't spray the whole neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, there, you've got to think: is there is there some strategy behind um, shootings that are so, you know, just violent from the get go, where you just you spray people indiscriminately, and you don't care if you hit anybody, who you hit, if they live or die. Um, What's what's the purpose behind that? And I mean, I can think of a lot of, of reasons why, in the territorial gang war, you'd want to assert, you know, some kind of power over people who are a threat. Well, is there is there, is there so much mo- is there so much money in these drugs and gangs that the people we think are the you know people that are I'll say uh, supposed to be working against that are actually encouraging it? I mean, something something's wrong here. I mean, so. I just get the feeling something's wrong here. I don't. I don't know why, and I. I don't understand. I don't really don't get the mentality of. You're going to see if you if you talk to people, which you know I do a lot. I even talk to you if you came out once in a while. You know, I mean, uh, just saying. Uh, the uh, and you if you, you can talk to all stripes because especially, well, with Judge Tuman gone, who knows if if our Wednesday group is still going to be around at the Tripoli, but. Uh, Anyway, but th- you'll, there'll be people who say, literally, "Hey, I live in uh, Rascal Village. I live somewhere. None of this affects me. I don't know. I mean, I, it's always been there. I don't worry about it. Blah 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 blah." Then you're going to see people that say, "You couldn't get me in a city if if it, you know if if I won the lottery." What's the matter with you people? It's dangerous in there. People got shot in the expressway last week. I don't want to be one of those people. But somewhere in the middle here, <laughs> there's then there's people who are absolutely convinced. That this is part of like a culture, is their business, and blah blah blah. And if uh, we've got no business, the only reason why they're like this is because we didn't get enough money for education for meals and so forth. I, I you know, I don't. There, there, there's a m- amazing amounts of points of view here, John. And I, I, just, I don't, I don't see how anybody becomes immune to some to violence on somebody who's innocent. That 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 forgotten the whole mess is that person's rights, and and we don't seem to care about that person. I don't. I mean, the person, oh. the person in Inglewood that can't live on their block, the person who's someplace, the person who did get shot on the Ryan, who was collateral. Did, eh, eh, you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time. This is, uh, you know, this is the culture. And this is the way it is, and uh, everybody gets to do this. No, 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 they don't. No, they don't. I mean, if if it takes the National Guard for the next two years in the summer, where every you know, where there's people essentially driving around areas, and anybody who's 
running around somewhere with smoked out windows and with the temporary license plate downtown at three in the morning, you're going to stop them. And you know, and if we don't figure out that that's the way to go, and you know what, I I don't care if 50 of them in a row are white or 50 in a row are black. Hey, you got the blacked out windows. That's against the law. You don't have a license plate. That's against the law. We're pulling your asshole, right? That's just me. I I don't care whatever color you turn out to be. You turn out to be. It's your business. I, you know. Well, we're, we're seeing you know the triumph of both thuggery and vigilantism. I mean, you got. If you, you know the video, of what was going on in the skybox? Guaranteed great field. Oh yeah, gratuitous, aimless, you know, violence. Just to, just so it can be put on film. These people don't care if their faces are shown. They don't care, if, you know, their worst behavior is on display because they don't think it's there's anything wrong with their worst behavior. What about the lady who was kicking a girl? Yeah, that's that's well, that's you know, the the shows the kind of you know magnetic effect that these kinds of things have. People just want to get involved with them and get in their licks, I but, guess. But she didn't, she didn't even care. She didn't even look to see if she broke her less, nose or anything. could care less. How, how are you that dispassionate about hurting somebody? Well, you know, that's this, this triumph of thuggery, that, you know, where this kind of behavior is not only tolerated, but it's, it seems to be encouraged. And then the flip side of that is people who feel like, well, the only solution is for me to take my life into my own hands because I can't depend on anybody else to step in and protect me or to see that justice is done so I'm going to do it myself and that's you know the, the flip side of this if, if, if thuggery is the way we want to go the people are going to be turned into thugs who had no intention or reason to be and you've got people defending their property their children their family their you know their patterns of behavior their way of life if nobody else thinks that these things are really under assault or that they're worth saving, then people who do think it is worth saving um, are going to step up and arm themselves and go out and do what they have to do too. I guess you know this is our, our tacit assumption that this is how things are going to go now. We don't, I guess, defunding the police isn't so far off the mark because a lot of people seem to think that police are, aren't really of any use to us. Um, well, we're going to make sure that they, they appear even less useful. They won't intervene. They won't, you know, pursue someone to, to make an arrest. They're not going to, you know, help people in need. So people will help themselves. And you've talked about this on the show many times. That that's exactly what you don't want to see. But we're already there in big cities. Well, you have you have this situation. You've got this video. Now, who the hell took it? I have no idea. You have this video, and it, this one lady, because I, I could see her face. I couldn't see the other people were beating up on the girl. Now, how, how is she not? If you take that tape to a police station. Now we've we've seen people in some of these schools that even say something crosswise to somebody, and it's a hate crime, it's a racist crime, it's or it doesn't even have to be that. It could be a couple of kids, and all of a sudden, you, you know, kids are five, and they take a swing at somebody in a playground. This is this is this is national news. Now, how is, you got people who yeah. walked through the Capitol in solitary confinement and didn't kick or hit or shoot anybody. Yeah, go figure. You know, this is, but this. Is, this is apparently you know the way we're headed. Um, but now, how, how does this? How is this lady? Somebody says, "I know her. That's whatever, Susie. Whatever." How how is she not brought up for assault? It's right there. You don't get to kick somebody in the face in any other any other community or whatever you want to call it. How, how is she not in, in jail or or, or or something or beaten in the town square? I mean, it's, it it can't just be okay <laughs> when all this other stuff isn't. I, I I don't the 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 this 
the splintering of, of our moral culture here, I just can't even, I can't get at. I mean, I just can't. Well, you got the people who were standing around filming these things, for starters. Well, that's another issue. And I mean, is this just opportunism of, a, of an extremely crass kind? Are these people any better than the people who are pitching in or kicking their way in? Well, I think they were, I'm guessing they were in the box next door. But they're not about yeah, to well, break yeah, Sometimes up. I wonder about you know, who these camera people are and the, the videos that get shown repeatedly on the news and the videos that never get shown on the news. Uh, that's you know, the selectivity that you I'm can gonna, draw your own. I'm gonna, I will guess, even if, even if, well, I don't know how to do it. So, so even if we had a group of our people in a box, which I can't imagine as being, if all of a sudden some big brouhaha breaks up in the one next door, I guarantee you somebody, especially if we have somebody under the age of 25, somebody's going to be videoing the thing. And, and that's part of the problem, too, yeah. Tom. I hate to say it. But well, I mean, let's put it this way. If you didn't video it, nobody would believe it. <laughs> right? Well, but I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to get airplay as evidence of how low we've gone, not what we should be doing to fix anything. It's all just for entertainment value. It's like, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos. It's really the same kind of you know, stuff I think we're being fed. And when you got people who are perfectly willing to stand by and not call, you know, why not use your phone for 911? <laughs> yeah, but if, but if you were, if, you, if, you're, if you're walking to Lincoln Park High School and you're age 12 and you shove some other kid, you're going to be thrown out for bullying. It's going to make national news, the parents and everybody. What is bullying? Look at this kid. He shoved this other kid. And here we have an adult kicking somebody in the face, and that's okay because she's black. I mean, you can't have this or that's part of the culture or whatever. What do we have, a, a kick-you-in-the-face culture? I don't I don't think black people are like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't, as a matter of fact, I know they're not. I, you know, that, that's as much of an outlier as, as, as somebody shoving a kid in Lincoln Park High School. And it needs to be dealt with. or Because it's not okay, John. I mean, at least in my view. And it, it, no, it, but, but, but the frequency with which we see these episodes, Tom, does desensitize people, and it makes it okay in the long run. Well, that's that's a problem. There's no real outrage that I would think would be the natural response to this. It's you know, let's just play it for laughs. It's not just become something funny. To, to, but it's a, somewhat of a, a a moral relativism thing. If that's the way, you know, those people want to act. Those people want to act. It's it's okay as long as they're not in my neighborhood. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, it does. It drags the entire society down because guess what? There's people in that neighborhood that are just like you that don't want this stuff happen to them or their kids. Right. Or it, it's just it's a way of enforcing and reinforcing stereotypes and encouraging bad behavior all the way around, and it makes people care less about the, the next episode because they just feel it's kind of a replay. I mean, and I nothing, nothing surprising or shocking. About but how does how does the how does how does the person sitting in Lincoln Park in my neighborhood think that the, the the people trying to raise a family and work and do the right thing in Inglewood why do they think those people should be, have to put up with this? And what, I mean, why do they think, I'm not talking about the people that are that are doing it, I'm talking about the victims. Why, why do people think, well, okay, it's part of your culture? No, it isn't. It's not part of any black person I've ever met's culture to have his daughter not be able to walk down the street to the store. That's not part of anybody's culture. Who's kidding who? What are we, what are we even thinking about? I mean, why, why are we worried about the gangbanger and not the person they're harassing? We should be worried about the person they're harassing, the person who has to leave England. 80,000 people left, what, in the last decade from these neighborhoods? 
may, maybe there, like you say, there's there's some, there is some, you know, and I, and I don't know if it, if it isn't actually true, John. I mean, I mean, I talk all the time on the show about every time there's a economic issue, a whole new group of people seem to get other people's property for cents on the dollar. Now that appears to be happening in downtown. Are, are we talking about somebody who somehow thinks they're going to live a hundred years? is going to amass huge amounts of property in Inglewood as all these people are driven out. And all of a sudden here you got a place with a L line and nice property and got parks and all kinds of stuff, and all of a sudden there's going to be a, a new community there where somebody owns it all. I mean, I know uh, one of our buddies, mutual buddies, used to tell me the people who are amassing lots over there on tax sales and stuff, and one of them I think was a group from Ireland. Are they, are they, have they given up? Because obviously it's 20 years later and the place is worse instead of better. I think they've probably given up, but somebody probably hasn't. There's there's people with the long-term plan. One of the people with the biggest long-term plan was, uh, I'm going to say, University of Chicago and DePaul. They they said, okay, we're going to be here another 100 years, and every time some block goes for sale and a, and a crummy block next to it, we're going to grab it, and all of a sudden, you know, five years from now, we're going to have a building there, and then another block five years from now. I mean, De, look at, look, I mean DePaul never even had a dorm. I knew people moved into the neighborhood... Now look at it. It owns half the neighborhood. You know, and I don't think they're buying property now because it's a million dollars a pop. But they did back then. In Chicago, none of that stuff was, was there when I was there. Now it is. No, well, it was always rumored, Tom, you know, when I was in high school in the neighborhood, um, there was an explosion my last two years there of suspicious fires in, you know, badly run apartment buildings Tenements, old, you know, SROs, hotels, bars, you know, stuff that was, you know, you know, like every other day it seemed, the buses going to Mount Carmel were delayed because there were fire engines all over the neighborhood. And the suspicion then, people spoke openly about it in the lunchroom and other you know, corners of, of the high school campus, that the U of C was either behind this or certainly, you know, helping to get rid of some of these junk properties because they had dreams of building some kind of a buffer zone between their campus and the rest of the south side. I don't think they had dreams. They did it for sure. I'm not saying that they for sure firebomb buildings. I'm saying that was what they wanted to do. No, but certainly it it suited them that this happened. Um, And you can see, you know, the way as you would say, you know, the campus has expanded. They've tried to push their boundaries farther south than they were. Um, and there's you know blocks of woodlawn that have never been rebuilt, and somebody's is waiting for you know I guess you know a, a point where it's going to make sense to build something. I'm not sure what. I mean, there's some mega churches down in that neighborhood now, um, a stretch of houses on 63rd Street where the L used to run. That's become kind of a, a residential street. You could have floored me that that would ever happen with as, as grimy and grungy as 63rd Street used to be. But yeah, you know, we were talking about blockbusting last week too. There, there are strategies to demoralize and depopulate. It's, it's a very old tactic, and um, you nobody ever really tries to connect any of these dots in the bigger picture, especially when you got whole swaths of territory now that have just been you know, bulldozed. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to take for this to turn around. And if anybody has a long range plan, they must have a, a longer viewpoint than I have, because you can point to other cities that haven't bounced back, and you know, whole stretches of Detroit that I don't see any reason to rebuild. Um, They've been vacant now for 40, 50 years. Um, 
parts of the west side of Chicago that have been built up since the riots in 1968. Well, Jen, so, there's, there's somehow, and I don't, I don't know, you probably can make a better stab at this than me, but when I was, I, was, I won't say involved, but I had a couple places that I remodeled up on the north side when I was a ute, relative ute, and, you know, we just, we went from, when, when I was, well, when I worked at Pullman even, if you were a single person, certainly maybe a single young lady for sure, and you moved out of the house, you and you moved in the city, you only moved within three blocks of of uh, state and division, right? Because and the, the, one of the bigger drivers there was all the girls that were stewardesses because there was no blue line, and you had the bus from the ambassador east, you could take that bus to the airport and come back, and it was totally safe, right? So that, that's where you get the movies like About Last Night, you know, everybody's hanging around at Butch's and, you know, whatever. <laughs> Before there were uh, four aides, when people were a little bit more promiscuous, shall we say, I mean, that that was the culture. And then all of a sudden, um, it was one L stop north. You know, you could go to Lincoln Park. But not that far in Lincoln Park. And then all of a sudden, the Armitage stop came into play. You Because you, you had to get over to Sedgwick stop, because that was all, that was all uh, uh, Cabrini Green and stuff, right? But... Then all of a sudden, I'm going to say everybody, everybody built out from the Armitage spot. Because I ended up remodeling a place on the lake. It had to be 19, it was before I came to the floor. So 79, 78. And uh, I used to take the L to uh, Addison and would, would walk because I had an apartment I was remodeling over in, uh, by the lake. But you never you never walked west. I walked east, got my coffee, and one of, the, one of those... Uh, those Hispanic pastries, the long, thin things, Greg, that are delicious as hell. I grabbed two of those and a coffee on my way over to remodel on the apartment. And but you never, you never went the other way. And then you got a couple places when Southport started to come back a little bit because there was a, there was a, an L stop at, at Southport. And then you had Southport Lanes and a few bars there, so that area started to expand. Then you actually started to get uh, west of Wrigley. West of Wrigley was lousy that whole time, and then all of a sudden it got better and better in every block. But you had this. The thing of it is, John, is there, is there were always buildings there. Even though they went, may have gone into disrepair, they were remodelable, shall we say. And there were, there were bars that were closed that could be reopened. I've, I've never seen, and I'm sure there are, I've never seen that kind of development in areas that actually came down to where they were just flat ground. Because it seems like it's too big of a, of a bubble. It's too big of a of a movement to all of a sudden somebody come in and build, you know, 50 apartment buildings and, and five bars. And I, I mean, Roosevelt Road, we went down during the, the uh, Martin Luther King riots. That's still down. I mean, uh, Robert Taylor Homes, you take the Brack Island down there, there's, there's a half a mile or a third of a mile for 30 blocks, and it's down. There's, there's like a, there's one uh, YMCA kind of place there, and there's a couple of schools left. It's, there's, not, there's not a shred of building there. I don't know that, that people have the the ability. I mean, in Lincoln Park, it was all individual people grabbing a building and remodeling it. It was individual people's money. It was massive personal capital. Then all of a sudden, somebody goes, hey, there's 15 people remodeling these homes. There's a place that used to be a bar. Let me buy that building and see if I can make the bar open or a restaurant or whatever. I don't, I don't ever see pr- uh, private money do that from places that are totally flat. Have you? I, I completely agree. Take Bronzeville, Tom. Yeah. Um, which you know, and the, the, the Bronzeville, according to the descriptions you see on TV news, 
is a much bigger territory than it was when Brownsville was in its heyday in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, around 43rd, 47th, and King Drive, uh, where there were theaters, clubs, restaurants, you know, all teeming with activity. Yep. But, you know, that Brownsville was an extremely narrow corridor west of Cottage Grove, east of State Street. Um, and now the, the term Brownsville has morphed into something with, which with much wider boundaries because so much of Brownsville doesn't exist anymore. They've had to like kind of rethink, like we got to call it by some other name and enlarge its territory because we have nothing in the territory that's really survived except a few select buildings that are always talked about on tours and in, you know, remodeling or reconstruction efforts that make this a cornerstone for something. But, but it's it turned into this gigantic piece of vacant real estate because you can't Re- reimagine you can't recreate what Brownsville used to be without high density living and business and I, I don't see that in any way makeable I don't see how you can all of a sudden dictate this is going to be a high density neighborhood we're going to cram as many places into this block as possible and subdivide the apartments and fill them with people you know that that's no longer really a desirable goal except, well, the, well the gentr- what they used to call it gentrification which means you know it, I always say it was like the advance of the yuppies. It, it's like it's like they're cockroaches. They'll drive anybody out economically, but you got to drive them out of some place that's up there. I mean, if the, where I where I live now, when Robin bought her place on uh, Dickens and uh, Kenmore in '78, I go, Robin, what are you doing here? <laughs> this, this this is the frontier. But she her timing was right. Everybody remodeled stuff on that block. Individual people. And all of a sudden, next year, all the tradesmen's vans are on the on the next block, and then the next block, and the next block. But I, the the people who were buying them would never just have bought empty property and built a house. No, no. Was it, the, 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 what what drew people to Lincoln Park and Willow Dayton and all these areas were were you know buildings that you couldn't find anyplace else or replicate even if you wanted to. Well, no, you'd want to. Why would you want to? <laughs> right, it wouldn't be feasible. First yeah. of all. But, but the idea was you, you want charm, you want the past, you want it updated, of course, but you want it to look like the way you think a city should look. And a city shouldn't look like, you know, Soviet-era Russia. No. Or, you know, but but it, sh- it should have you know, vestiges of either, you know, block after block of bungalows or block after block of gray stones or you know, party walls between them and building, you know, type, variety types of buildings and, you know, all the things that you associate with, you know, here's the kind of city I want to live in and call myself a part of. And Lincoln Park, which was a kind of a low-end, working-class neighborhood, you know, since the, the turn of the... Well, the, the housing stack, housing stack, the original housing stack, of which I'm in one, is horrible. Your yeah. 25-foot lots, which are useless. I mean, you would, I would never, if I was going to build a place, I mean, you couldn't give me a 25-foot lot. Better be at least thirty-five, or maybe more. Anyway, you know, just doing family research, Tom. I could see in my own family how the earliest wave of immigrants on both sides of my parents' families ended up in Bridgeport or other places on the south side because they were stockyards. You know, there are all these jobs available. The second wave that came after the nineteen hundred came to Lincoln Park and North Center and those neighborhoods, which were you know you go block after block. Hardly anybody was native born in some of those blacks when you look at the old census records, and that that was you know 
there were there were steel mills around there. There were there were a, yeah. the whole new you know growth of well, that whole, the whole the whole uh, what's the what's the uh, Goose Island was all tanneries and right. Ma- imagine how, the, how that stunk. Dirty jobs. Oh God, yeah. Well, the, the stockyards was and you know dirty, I, dirty let's uh, but, go to a quick break you know, here. I, and I remember you know, but, you know people. I'm going to say people died from those. SP Futures up 750 and SP Futures up 29B right back. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Jerry? Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> Stocks, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Stocks, jocks. Hello, Stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Holland. Craig Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 750. As the Futures up 25. Uh, is every president or every politician... Have to listen to that line. It's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> there are no lies. Uh, there are no. It's just uh, yeah, there are no lies. Uh, it's you know somewhat amazing. The the weekend as usual. The political news we've been kind of staying away from. But I was talking to some people. It it really is something when you see this Hunter Biden situation. You see the Trumps. These are people. How do, how do we get those people? Are, are we are we? Just making it so impractical to let somebody else uh, run something. I mean, or, or to even get involved in this mess the way we treat them. I, I was. Uh, everybody knows my. You know, I won't say he's a good buddy. I've known him for a while. Uh, Judge Tuman died a couple of weeks ago, and I was reading some of the history of the Jeff Fort trial again over the weekend, and he, how Tuman had. Uh, I mean, he was an unusual duck. I mean, he grew up north side, went to New Trier, gets gets booted out of New Trier. Joins the Marines, uh, just a real independent, you know. I use the term curmudgeonly Irish guy, not afraid of anything. You know, he just was, but he also didn't have a family. So when he was doing the, the Jeff Fort thing, and they got protection front and back of his house, you know, he was bitching, "What are you doing that for? I don't need it." No type of thing. But you wonder, John, if if anybody, if if he had a family, if he would have said, "I'm not doing this trial." I mean, I I mean, I would say that if I well. I don't really want to be a politician, but 
being single and not having a family, unfortunately. I could do it. I can't imagine somebody who had two or three kids in colleges and stuff worried about them and their protection and stuff. I can't imagine running for an office like that. I mean, I, I just can't. Uh, you know, it's it's to the point now where you can't ex- you can't expose your family to this kind of stuff. I don't think. No. I mean, uh, we had uh, you know Keith Peacock ran for uh, uh, representative out in the Orland neighborhood. He's the mayor of Orland Park. Good guy. He's done a nice job, and everybody likes him out there. I mean, I, you know, everybody. I'm sure somebody doesn't, but I think he's done a a pretty good job in Orland. I mean, from what I, from what I understand. Uh, and he was on the show, and he and I asked him. I said, "What's kind of the worst part of being a uh, politician?" He goes, "He goes, it even affects your family. Like your kids get, you know, bleeped upon in school. He goes, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, it's, it's, he goes, it's just a job, <laughs> you know. Yet, you know, I don't, I don't understand how we we complain about who we have, and yet we make it so difficult for somebody to be one of those people. You know, I, I mean, there, I, we, you know, we, I guess we get what we get." I mean, it's a, where you know, and you off you often wonder, John, is it, it's you know, which part of the mirror are we looking at? We've got a government that can't sustain itself, that is spending money hand over fist, it, and it doesn't matter whether it's Republicans or Democrats. In terms of the numbers, it just matters who gets it or who benefits in some ways. Although I'd say the real rich people are benefiting more than the Democrats now than they were under the. Under Republicans, but still, the rich people seem to benefit under anybody. Uh, I don't. I mean, the uh, is is that a reflection of of how many families now? You know, with the inflation the way it is, I can understand where where we're at. How many families? We just in the last three years, we our credit card uh, debt went up thirty percent, right? And and so has the government debt. I mean, how th- this. It's not like they're not doing the same as regular people. And, of course, there's a whole lot of people who, who don't have any credit card debt and think the other way and say, why is the government doing this? But by and large, the averages are they're acting just like every man is acting if you average them all out. I mean, where am I wrong? I mean, how no. do I, I mean, if somebody landed, I don't think you could be in either party now, but if somebody landed in the middle and said, look at this, I'm not paying, putting up with these idiots, I'm not putting up with these idiots, I'm running for president, and by the way, I got f- four buddies, or could be, you know, obviously women or whatever, that feel the same way I do when they're running for Senate in these states. And there's 20 other people running for representative in these areas, a third party, and we're going to do this. And by the way, we've got some money. We sure like, you know, some contributions, $100 maximum. If somebody did that and caught fire, could you imagine the abuse, the if it was us, every single word we've ever said on the show would be, everything would be taken out of context or something. Uh, I, I, I'm sure if I had a statement that said, geez, you know, what if I uh, want to just take all the money out of the black areas? Why is that wrong? Somebody would forget the part about the why is that wrong. They would say, here's a guy who wants to take all the money out of the black areas, which I never said. I mean, I would never. But, I mean, you you would, you would the, 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 uh, Amount of steam that would come after you because nobody owned you and nobody owned your people running. Nobody wants anybody there that somebody doesn't own, whoever the somebodies are. So I, I don't know how we I don't know how we break this because I don't see how that person would ever get any ballots. So you have to how much money would you have to have to get on the ballots for God's sake? Well, states make it incredibly impossible for somebody to run as a third. Didn't uh, 
when Ross Perot ran, I don't think he was on every state, was he? Was, no. Wasn't no. like the Libertarian Party two elections ago, were they the first third party to ever be on all, all the ballots or something? I think they might have been. If they, if yeah, they so even did. It's a very recent phenomenon that yeah. any of these third parties get any kind of air play. Well, they don't get much airplay, but they even get a spot on the, uh, you know, on the ballot. Well, I mean, it's, it's a very it's recent phenomenon. One, uh, somebody, we had a question on, on the show one time. It was Maddie said, somebody, somebody emailed in and said, Chief, you're always talking about how hard it is to get on the ballot. What, what are you talking about? Well, that was some some massive snowstorm on a Saturday morning. I said, I got nothing better to do. So I sat down for like an hour and a half and just went through all the different states. John, in some states, you got have, you have to have a whole bunch, you got to register a whole bunch of crap just to be a write-in candidate. Write-ins are illegal. I mean, it, Tom, it, the scenario, you know, you, you were just painting you know, a little bit ago. I mean, it, 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 take Biden as one example. I mean, the reason you have, you know, Trump even in the public at all as a politician is because of generations of people like Joe Biden from both sides of the aisle. Right. I don't you know, isolate him. But but the ex- examples you give about who's who's going to have enough, you know, moxie to take on people like that when that's become the norm, that those are the way the prevailing winds are blowing. Is, you know, Biden clone after Biden clone and hanging on to everything you have and wanting more. It's going to take somebody like Trump hate him or love him to take on anything of that size and have enough nerve to stick with it. So I, I you know, people rail, I mean, you can't pick up any newspaper in, in any market today and not see somebody railing against Trump. But I laugh when I see it because you, I know exactly where Trump came from and it's because people, we have people like Biden went on the show. Well, that's, I don't think there's it's any, any think about I don't it. think there's any doubt about and, that. 20% of the people and, and to my, my my massive bitch about Trump is that he he was the outsider that finally won and did such a screwy job and is such a knucklehead that he's he's ruined it for somebody else. But the idea the idea of somebody from the outside coming in and cleaning that place up, I dream about that, John. I mean I, I always have. I mean since since Well we, it's gonna it's gonna take somebody with Trump's money and Trump's nerve. If it's not Trump, I don't know who. No, it, well, it can't be him because he's totally incompetent. And now well, he's. I'm getting, just saying, he's, yeah. Politics. You take the candidates as they come, Tom. And yeah. I'm not saying that. You know, we don't get the right to dream up an ideal candidate, or or wait until we find an ideal candidate because it's going to. I'll be waiting to vote for a long time waiting for an ideal candidate to come around. But I'm just saying it's going to be somebody like Trump, which means he's going to piss off just as many people as. Trump well, you could you could be, be just you, you could you could take the high road instead of the low road, and be a little more cerebral and talk about solutions. Oh, if, if he if he took the high road, Tom, not him. I'm talking not him. He would he wouldn't be thinking of he would never he would never have heard of Trump. I, 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 I get I get I'm I'm agreeing with you. He he appeals <laughs> on certain levels to a lot of people, and and to a certain extent, his bill is willing to take on this disaster. Right. But Tom, the bulk of the criticism of Trump, as Trump has always said, is about the people who support him. Uh, it's Hillary Clinton's, you know, deplorables line. It isn't that Trump is any worse than some of these schmucks who've gotten, you know, running things now. But it's the people that he yeah, has. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't. He's congealed behind but him. But you can't, you can't, you can't go down that road. And and uh, I was actually I was at dinner last week, ordering a few people in it. And as soon as somebody brought something up about uh, 
Trump or whoever it was, we'll, we'll look at Biden. I said, I said you know, somehow we, we have to get out of this, this mess. I mean, Trump was, in my mind, and again, he, has, he did this. He, the fact that he was on TV and people love the fact that he fired people and blah, 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 and he's just whatever. I, I've, I, for one, never could stand the guy because I talked to so many people who he stiffed in business and just didn't pay bills and, and had lawyers to try and sue me. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine that's so far different than my view of the world where I never reneged on a trade in 20 years and wherever he wanted. And Hillary's the same way. She had, she had other tra- trades in her account that weren't hers. I, I, I couldn't vote for the lady for, for dog catcher because that's not me. That's not, that's not what you do. I wouldn't let you trade next to me, much less want you to be my president. I mean, Trump wouldn't last an hour in a trading pit because he'd, he'd renege on his first five trades. So for me, he's a, he's a non-starter. But in terms of, of him on a personal level, but in the fact that, he, that people trust him as the only person they see that is somewhat of a wedge against the Washington they, that they've come to despise, I get that part. I honestly do. I mean, it's not like I don't, I don't understand, John. I mean, I, I do. Oh, I, I, everybody can wish he were different or wish it was somebody else. But, Tom, it's, it's, it, the hostility is not really so much directed against Trump as the people who see in Trump a deliverance from the idiots that we've had to put up but, with and bow down to. I, I'm just saying nobody could, in my book, gets, you know, a clean bill of health on this. No. I, I, wish, I wish Trump were, you know, different. I wish every president I've ever, you know, had to put up with, including, you know, JFK. The things about JFK, in retrospect, I, you know, I, I, he made terrible mistakes. I, you know, he had a lot of foibles. But, you know, it's always that with, with a democratic system or, or a system that purports to be democratic. And it's the voters who drive this thing. And if you don't like that, well, you know, there's all sorts well, of alternatives. I would, have, I would have loved, I mean, everybody, everybody should improve as they age in a, in a lot of ways. You don't improve physically for sure, but I mean, if I were to see a string of <clears throat> 15 op-eds in a row that Trump actually wrote, and he would get them published, or even they don't, today you could tweet them out and say, look, when I was in there last time, I made this mistake. This is what I'm going to do this time. By the way, these people that I brought in that weren't the right people, I'm going to be more careful this time and bring in people, and I'm going to let them do that. And some sort of a self-critique of the first four years saying how the, the next four years would be different I would, that, to me that would go a long way. He's incapable of that the guy can't write, he can't do anything Tom he can speak and mesmerize the crowd I mean you show me anybody else with that kind of power to still well, state all you do is, I mean, but, but, but you, if you pick the right people, and I'm not saying they're deplorables or anything because I know a lot of them uh, if you pick the right people if you hate the people they hate that's okay. Well, that, you know, that's okay for something. It's not okay to be president. I'm just saying. Well, but the, here's where you know, all the people who bitch about election interference don't get it at all. Or maybe they get it, and they just don't want to show how crooked they really are. But it, it isn't like you want anybody to fashion a candidate to the taste that you think you know people should be responding to, and make people swallow it. Um, it's it's now it's a situation where you got the media a hundred percent behind a total crook in the White House. Oh, they're, they're, the media there's not everybody's behind this guy. Nobody. I mean, I, I don't believe that. But I'm I'm saying why, the why, media. Why, why, uh, but, the Jay, media. but you but you you know enough. You've been around long enough to know that the Democrats and Republicans, any possible way 
they could rig the election by not letting people sign up or by people, you know, giving people chicken, chicken in every pot. Every possible way they could rig it, they will. <laughs> right? When you, this guy rigged the election. I mean, what did, uh, what did uh, Karen, uh, Karen Reeves, when she was at, uh, she ran for... Uh, uh, bringing hams, turkeys to people. Yeah. No, she said her, her grandmother used to get a turkey and a pair of pantyhose. I I'd never heard the hand pantyhose harp. She goes, yeah. They, they, the priest and captain would go pick up my grandmother, take her over there, and she'd get a turkey and a pair of pantyhose. I mean, no, Tom, the biggest fear to any career politician is a candidate who can get somebody to vote for them without bribing them. Oh, without a doubt. They will, they will show up on election day if there's a blizzard with 10 feet. They're going to still be there to vote. Those are the people that terrorize career politicians. They can't handle that kind of, you know, no, they, they want honesty to, or passion. Yeah. That's not how they see the system. Well, that's what was the difference. Well, that's what made Kennedy different. And in a certain way, it made Obama different. I don't. He just didn't have the follow-through, and I don't think he worked as hard as he could have. But, he, uh, but, I mean, there's no question the man can speak. He, he, on a personal level, you don't see him running around on his wife. His two daughters seem to do fine. I mean, on, a, on a family level... They've probably done, it's probably out of the first families, <clears throat> it's the least crisis-oriented anybody we've ever had, aren't they? Well, I, I, we'll take another show someday, and I'll give you my take on that. <laughs> well, but I'm saying they're, they're clearly not Hunter Biden. They're clearly not uh, uh, the, the, the Bush that was on Silverado's you know, board. I mean, all with the, you know, these, I'm saying they, there's none of those kinds of scandals. It doesn't mean the guy's perfect and his wife. I mean, I'm not a big fan, but I'm saying as families go, it seemed like they kept themselves together pretty well. I mean, I don't know how you do much better, at least from what I've heard. You maybe have heard different stuff. But, I mean, you didn't have a problem with Ford's kids. You really didn't have a problem with Nixon's kids, did you? I mean, I, you know, there, there's been people. But, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not, but, you know, I think Obama is vastly overrated and sanctified. I, but I, 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 did I sanctify him? I just said that no. I, I, I didn't think he did a very good job in office because I think he sold out right away. To the, the, it was a lightweight all the way around. Yeah. Was, he was not seasoned enough or maybe he was too seasoned in what he thought he was supposed to be doing um, and took a very blasé approach to it. Well, Kennedy, Tom, Kennedy, though, you got, you got to admit, Jan, with Kennedy, and this is, boy, this sounds awful, but the, the incredible amount of uh, health problems the man had and still <laughs> managed to have sex outside of his marriage every day. God bless. What a sex drive. I, if you were that sick, would you even think of it? No, I mean, there's a real pathology to that whole family. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, I mean, but he he was... Tom, back back to the the bigger issue here is, I think, you know, the, the megaphones that, you know, are, you know, chiming in about, you know, the way the 2024 election is starting to unfold. The thing that people, I think, have always resented is being told you shouldn't vote for so-and-so for any you know number of reasons. It just goes without saying, how can you vote for that, that reprobate? And when people who do feel strongly they should vote for that person, that makes them double down. And we've got a situation now where the fatigue factor of, you know, the criticism, the judicial re- retribution against Trump, I mean, the, the idiocy to try to make this guy go away has only solidified a base that was less potent in 2016 than it is now. And I, I have, I mean, I'm vastly amused by it because if the idea was to make Trump go away, they've done everything possible to make 
Well, if you, if you if you take if, if you take the if you take the idea that the Justice Department is crooked and they're just picking on them, no matter what they find, you're not going to change your mind. And it, and it's of course. Well, look, look at it, Tom. I mean, how could anything? So so what? We just let them go. What for? What January sixth? Um, now I'm saying. I'm saying. To Zelensky? I mean, this I, is okay, the, so I'm, you're in that you're in that camp, and so I, I, know, I know. I know. Oh, come on. Yeah. I, the, I'm saying the, the point is, no matter what he does now, it's, it's he's being picked at. That is the dude's a sleazebag, right? I mean, Tom, no, when people vote for president, I'm saying, if you're a sleazebag, sometimes people think they need a sleazebag. Well, okay. But you got to have somebody who's just as. But but people people you know, think that bad is the people who you're running against. People Get people here. people think that, Jen. Some people do. You and I, and I think our listeners, I hope are above that. You need somebody that, for God's sake, you you're the leader. Tom, of the, I'm, I'm you're not the, saying people vote for Trump because he's a sleazebag, but they know if they're for Dennis Kucinich, he's not going to get elected. He, uh, I, my, what I'm saying is the man is. My my view of the person in that job, okay, and it clearly isn't him or Biden, is somebody who has an amazing idea of history, is well educated, has done something, has some compassion for people, knows a lot about world world history, maybe has actually been around the world a bit, which I haven't, uh, knows something about economics. You're, you're talking about what what the Jewish people call a mensch. You're talking about the the head of the, the top of the totem pole, and why why we you know, I don't we don't, Tom, we don't none of those things are valued. I'm not disagreeing with you. I would love to see a president like that, and Adlai Stevenson hit all those buttons, but he lost twice, big time. I'm I'm saying that those kinds of things, your knowledge of history, your cosmopolitanism, the fact that you've been around the world, doesn't cut it with people anymore. That's not well, but it's, I I don't want okay, it's gonna sound horrible. I don't. I don't want the president picked by the lowest twenty percent of the population in terms of education of being my president. How's that? How's that sound awful? Well, that's, but, that's what you get, Tom. I'm sorry. I, I, I know, yeah, but, but, I, I, but do I have to enjoy it? Well, you got to live with it. Well, yeah. Look and look what's happened. Look what's happened in the last sixteen years, for God's sake, with well, the, with we, the people we've know, had running the place. About the state of our electorate. I don't think you can blame Trump for that. Uh, you know, but I'm saying, look at what happened economically since. I'm going to put Bush in here. Since since we uh, invaded Iraq for no friggin' reason and put it on a credit card because his Republican buddies wouldn't let him raise taxes to pay for a war, are, are, we're, we're out of control debt-wise. Look what that's done to our, our national policy. Look what it's done to infl- our inflation. We're eviscerating the middle, the middle and lower class. All that stuff is one. When you look at, at, at all these numbers, that Carl got me onto this thing, which I, I guess I should thank him or maybe not, you look at the numbers since '68 everywhere, and you, and you and you look at the the, the, the drop off in any kind of morals any place. You can't have two people at the top of the of the chain fighting their way in court, and people doing the 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 president should not be in court or his kid. I'm just saying, what does it do to us? Look what it's done to us, John. Well, I'm right? saying when when you this is why I'm saying Trump is going to be the next president. Well, I don't think he will be, but I sure hope he won't. I, I, I hope these two guys, I can't imagine these two guys even running, you know, but, but maybe they'll come down to it, but, or, or being 
being nominated. Well, it'll make it'll make for bad ratings if Biden's in there again. I can tell you that, that Trump will juice the ratings no matter who he's running against for debates or anything else. But Biden is the one whose who's shelf date has the, long the, the Both of those guys should be nowhere near this nomination. We both know that. SP Futures up seven. As we come back, uh, John, hang around and talk to Nancy about home prices and ability to afford. Because, I mean, that's another one of the things. This this housing bubble has got me very worried, very worried. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Did I plan to just say you had a case of the Mondays or me? Why don't you go kick his ass? <laughs> S&P futures up 775, Nasdaq futures up 2450, Dow futures up 43. Over in Europe, we've got uh, DAX up 39.2%, FTSE up 6.1, uh, nothing much going on there. Kakaran, however, is up uh, 38 points, that's full uh, 0.5%. So Kakaran's got a nice rally going today. Renasia, Nikkei up 412, 1.26, that's a nice rally. I, some stuff here, it's, it's kind of crazy. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen, but it's just. It boggles the mind a little bit because the Nikkei is running up as their interest rates are going up. That doesn't usually happen. Hang Seng up 162, back over 20,000. That's 0.8%. Shanghai up 15, very muted there, 0.4%. Uh, it was actually last night the market dipped when China's factory activity contracted for the 
fourth straight month, and all it was was a, another buy-the-dip opportunity. Friday, the Dow was up 176. S&P up 44. That's a full percent. NASDAQ up 266. That was almost 2%. So we just we cannot stop these these seven stocks. They just keep going up, up, up. Man, this is what I'm talking about. The, the Ten years, 3.96 down one basis point. It almost made it to four. It might have, might have touched four on Friday. The bond up one basis point, 2.47. Japan up to uh, 0.61. Again, the government officially not letting it go past 0. 0.50. I told a guy last week said they might make a change. Well, they must have already made the change because it's up to 0. 0.6. Uh, oil, again, doing a creep here, up 86 cents. That's a full percent, 81.44. Went up 61 cents, 85.60. Natural gas up a penny, 264. We'll see what happens this month's P, uh, price uh, CPI. I don't know how they're going to keep this one down, but they probably will. Our Bob down uh, 2 cents, 293. We've got gold down a buck, but 1998.80, right at the 2000 number. Silver up 3 cents, 24.53. Last time gold was here, silver was over 25, so they're not tracking the way they normally do. Uh, copper up five cents, uh, 3.98. We got crypto up 140 now, 29,426, still under 30,000. We have the, the U.S. dollar down real slightly. The euro is up 14. That's 1.10. The British pound 1.27 or 2.29. I'm sorry, we're, they're both kind of right where they've been for a while. Greg, what do you have for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Good morning, everyone. 7.35 a.m. Chicago, 70 degrees right now. Probably going to be about 83 today, sunny and clear. Weather today in Phoenix, 83 right now and 105 high today. Traffic-wise, inbound Kennedy from Montrose to the interchange is 30 minutes. we got inbound Edens, 290 to the interchange is 48 minutes right now. Inbound Ike, Wolf to the interchange, 27 minutes. The Ryan is 20 minutes from 95th to the interchange. And the Stevenson... 294 to Dan Ryan is 27 minutes. Both Cubs and Diamondbacks were shut out yesterday, and the White Sox lost to the Guardians 3-6. to So I got Chief. Back to you. Do we have Nancy? Oh, we do not. Um, well, well, why don't you try John's and, still around. Yeah, why don't you try and track her down? I will. Um, there's, we're talking about some article here. By uh, Of course, these articles are his own name. I don't always make me kind of a little weird, Jen, but... I actually checked out on some of the math on these guys, and it's not not all that wrong. Um, we're talking about here. Here's how outrageously expensive it is to buy a house right now. Over the weekend, the Jews saw a story about homeowners who once had a target mortgage payment around four thousand to forty-five hundred, upping that number to seven thousand a month. Now, that's a lot. Uh, they're shrugging their shoulders, calling the present housing environment the new normal. At the same time, they make the assumption that interest rates will come down. Ugh. About that one. Once they do, they can refinance at a more favorable rate and lower more monthly payment. Problem solved. Uh, boy, I don't. I, I. I mean, I think you might come down from seven to six, but I don't think the idea you're going back down to three. So they're uh, did a little bit of the math. They're using the standard of not committing more than thirty percent of your income to housing. You have to earn nearly twenty eighty thousand dollars a year, twenty three thousand a month, to be able to afford a seven thousand dollar mortgage payment which I'm sure Nancy would concur when we see her. Assuming a 10% down payment for a 30-year loan with a 7% interest rate, uh, including taxes and insurance, households earning that kind of cash can theoretically afford a $905,000 home. Uh, a $905,000 home with a healthy, hefty $90,500 down payment. That's only 10%. I mean, people usually strive for 20, right? Don't they, Jen? Uh, yeah. Assuming you're able to do 10%, that's a lot of money to save, 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 then immediately part with. I mean, writing a, God, writing a $90,000 check for 10% of a house? Wow. Uh, 
And it says, of course, that mortgage payment doesn't include regular maintenance, unplanned expenses, and those semi-frequent trading (laughs) trips to Home Depot for plants, fixtures, patio furniture, and anything else you might want to do. I I don't see... I was uh, sitting with my lovely girlfriend. uh, Gorgeous day out yesterday. We're sitting out in the back, and of course... Audrey is not happy if she's not... Well, not that's her job. It's not like she... I mean, uh, well, she loves homes anyway. She's a stager. I mean, you know, she's really good at what she does. And I, I to be honest, I'm not all really all that interested in looking at places that, that I can't afford, <laughs> especially in, in towns I don't want to live in. I mean, Audrey would be like, hey, look at this, like, place on the river up in Fox Lake. And I'm like, well, I, don't, I don't know anybody in Fox Lake. Why would I need a house like that in Fox Lake when I don't know anybody to have over? <laughs> Who would even show up, a, a buddy up here anyway? But uh, she goes, look, it's only it's only like six fifty, and this one's only like six hundred. Finally, I go, do you have any idea how many, what percentage of the population can afford a six hundred fifty thousand dollars house? It's like, what is it, two percent, Jan? Eight percent? Somewhere in there. Uh, yeah. You know, so now now they're talking about uh, household making. The median price home in L.A. is one point two million. That number's up ten nineteen percent year over year. Now, if you go back two or three years, it's probably up 35 40%, right? Um, but now it's 19% year over year. So using the same input as above, you need $120,000 down, and you pay a ninety-two eighty a month just to get a median middle-of-the-road home in L.A. To afford this much house, you need to earn 31000 a month or approximately three hundred. dollars uh, Nancy with us? Yeah, I am. I was having trouble, so I don't know why. Um it's probably Greg's fault. Morning, Nancy. <laughs> Good morning, John. How are you today? I say, well, we, I, I say we blame Greg. The, uh, blame so, Canada. We blame, <laughs> Greg says blame <laughs> Canada. <laughs> what, what's Canada got to do with it? Uh, so I'm saying you, we're talking about, uh, I think I sent this to you, Nancy. I mean, I don't normally, when I do my math, I usually I usually look at the median price here, and somehow I'm, I don't know why I'm always so Chicago-focused. But I'm talking, I'm reading about, well, your your friend, Audrey, got me thinking about this yesterday because she was looking for somebody, one of her clients is looking for a a place on a river where he can use his boat or something, I don't know. But, okay. Uh, and so she's telling me, oh, look at this house, it's only it's only like 650 I'm like, what do you mean only? <laughs> You're talking about you know, the top 5% of the population can afford the place. What do you mean only? Six? Anyways, this guy's talking, we're going, they're doing some math here regarding a house in L.A., so this is the median home in LA is 1.2 million, evidently. It's up 19% year over year, and who knows how much for the last four years. So it's using that same input, you know, $120,000 down, and you'll pay a whopping 92.80 a month just to get the middle of the road home in LA. To afford this much house, you need to earn about 30 grand a month, or 371,000 a year. God, what? How many? What percentage of the population owns makes 371,000 a year? Is it two percent? Can't be. I mean, how, who's getting these places, Nance? I mean, these numbers—they're plunking. Pe- are people honestly thinking that they can afford something for a while, and the rates are going to come down on the refinances? Is that their belief, or are they or are they just saying they're never going to go out and do anything the rest of their life? They're just going to pay house rent. Well, I, I guess I, I think it's the second. I mean, people are going to afford homes and. That you know, they have to have a place to live, and you got to remember if these house payments are about the same as a rent payment, they're going to go with the house payment. But I, I, the ho- houses have gone up, don't you think, John? I mean, I think they've gone up. Uh, what you could buy last year this time and 
in uh, like a home last year this time maybe sold for around well, 250 to 300 and now I'm seeing them come in you know at three to 380 so I mean the house prices just have gone up but no one's talking about it or admitting it because you don't hear it on the news no it's and I, I think most of that is due to the you know lack of houses available you know, the inventory is so low that that drives, drives up the price of everything correct so it's um uh how people are affording it i mean i you know they see they they are um it's that's a fact but how it, how they everyone's going to sustain it is really the question i and i don't know i mean it, this is this is a tough 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 market not a lot of loans in my opinion are really going through um I think people realize that what they want and what they're going to get are two different things and in their they're settling and taking what they can and making the best of it like yesterday I was up on the north side of Chicago and um, houses are very you know they're really smashed in together really uh, small the rooms are small compared to what you would get out in the suburbs but the but the bottom line is every house is filled well, you're you're in Portage Park. You're nowhere near as smashed in as where I am. That area's right. that, that area's roomy compared to Lincoln Park. Yeah. Uh, oh, there it's roomy compared. Wow. I mean, everything well, in Lincoln Park's a twenty-five foot lot. I bet, I bet every every place you were is thirty or thirty-five. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I you know, but I was thinking about it on the drive home, like. I mean, this is where we started out as little kids, and you know, we were all on these like you're saying 30 30 foot wide 35 foot wide lots and they're smaller and it just seems like here we have so much more room and then some people there were from europe and they said that um americans compared to europeans that were we work way too hard uh europe you actually get a lifestyle and it's about it's about living your life and here it's all about working and having stuff they said we just have we just have way too much stuff and we pay pay way too much and they they just go to the store they said every day and buy like exactly what they need for the day and they don't overeat and all that other stuff you mean they you know, don't, like rather they, than going to sam's where you buy you know the 10 pounds or something and you're eating it forever you mean they don't have a, a freezer like god where the four of us could eat there for six months and not be hungry right yeah so it was, it was real different it was very eye-opening yesterday and a lot of what they said makes sense but it's just, but they're also saying their healthcare system. They said, like the hospitals in Italy, the doors are open, dogs walk in, birds fly in. You have to bring your own sheets and pillows when you go to the emergency room. It is. Yeah, it's a. Uh, so, this is a whole nother, you know, it's just a whole nother concept. Yeah. Um, well, I, don't, I mean, I, we could go further and say, what's it like in India or China, but we don't want to do that. Uh, yeah, right, right. So, you know, we really don't know, but. So when we're talking about these prices of homes, I mean, I guess it's all relative to what you're used to. Well, it's but it's it, from a you know the the guy who likes to look at this stuff, not really likes to, but does from the economic side, which you know doesn't make it right or whatever. Whenever you have this same thing happen in 2007, same thing happened in 2000. When you have prices going one way, be it the stock market, being houses, being somewhere, being it 
the price of hamburger, which I saw over seven bucks yesterday for the first time, and you have people with with means that are relatively fixed, even if you're getting people are starting to get some raises this year with union contracts and so forth. There, there, there's a day where they just don't meet, you know, and there, there's but there right now. I mean, you articulated before, and I would love to have you do it again. There, there's some weird things that are causing houses to stay up there where if you were to give anybody an economics test and say mortgage rates have doubled in two years what a house price is, everybody would say they're down. And yet, now in some areas evidently they're out. According to these guys, they're down pretty heavy in Las Vegas and a few other places, but here they're not. Now it's some combination of people can't move uh, because of their of their uh, mortgage rate, so they're, they're, those houses are not on the market. There's been a few less built over the last few years, especially in the burbs, than maybe there should have been because of COVID. Oh, by the way, you got a lot of people that are fleeing the city, despite what people say. So you have some things that are unusual coming together to keep the Orland, Tinley, Palis, plus they were never ridiculously high in the first place, to keep those, those uh, houses, I'm going to say, at least stable, maybe even going up a little bit. But now, Nancy, yeah, a place near where Audrey is, Jana, if you haven't seen this, but on Wolf Road there, there was this basically a corn farm, a uh, farm that they grew corn. It could have been a soybean farm too, I guess. Now the guy, how many acres would you say that is, Nancy? I mean, the dude is going to build, they're putting all the new streets and roads and everything in there, and there's going to be single-family homes on like two of the blocks, and the rest of them are all going to be townhomes. Now those things are all going to start at 480. I don't know that that guy can sell 300 units at 480 plus Nancy, it seems like a lot to me now maybe he will I mean I you know I'm just saying he thinks he will but I think that's a little bit of a reach I mean one or two houses because people can't find a place that's one thing popping 300 new ones on the market at these prices you know from four to 650 or something and I look at the average wage and I go who the hell's buying it now you you can always say right now it's somebody who sold another house so they're essentially trading one for the other right so it's but i i don't know it's, to me there's going to be a spot like in in a caddyshack where the where the band walks into the wall i mean or am i wrong am i just being too grumpy no no i i see in the, in the part of what you're describing what we're not getting to is it used to be that condominiums and townhomes were used for you know seniors like let's say you start in your 60s you start to say to yourself i'm going to retire you know i i'm going to sell this big house and then i'm going to live off the 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 equity that i have in this home right so you um buy condos were in townhomes were priced on the lower side and the idea behind it was you downsized and you got yourself ready for living a life in a um restricted um, income level, right? Because we're not going to make the kind of money we made when we were working. And now these townhomes have turned into luxury items because people feel that they don't want to take care of the grass and whatever. But the but the prices are going to the point where you know, you're not going to be living within your income. You're going to just be trading one house payment for another house payment. So you're entering retirement with house payments, and I don't know how you're going to survive that long term. Did you In the beginning, it'll probably be fine, but not when you get sick and you need your meds and all that other stuff. Did you see the one that Audrey was showing me yesterday that's on, on the market? It's 
what she, she said it was like 4,500 square feet. I go, isn't it like twice the size of your house? She goes, yeah. This, this townhome looked like a Taj Mahal, for God's sake. Yet it was a townhome. Right. And so, and it's because some of the, the seniors who have pensions still, which, you know, they, which is still out there for someone in our age category. Um, you got to remember, like, the teachers union and all that, they retire with, I think, about 80% of their salary. So for them, they're going to be the people that are buying it. There's going to be a niche market for it, and they're going to have a nice life because they don't have to worry. But if one of the partners goes, that's where it's going to be tough. So, and then they'll have to, you know, sell it and buy down from there, I guess. But most people, like, when you start buying townhouses and all that for 450 that's only the beginning. That's that's not the end of the road. So it isn't so much how are they going to do it, it's how are they going to survive it over a seven to ten year period. Well, yeah, I just when you see uh, the income running one way and the stuff the other. I mean, I there was I had a uh, friend in two thousand and six or seven, and uh, I met her down here. But she she lived out in uh, Jan. What's that area? Way the hell out. You don't even think it's Chicago. The O's. She was. Oh yeah, yeah. She was like Belmont and Orange or someplace, which is almost as far as like Cumberland. As a matter of fact, you can't right. you can't get there from here. I mean, there's no the the only trans the transportation is the uh, the the train to the Burbs. We get off at Cumberland. I think it was the was it the either the Northwestern or the the yeah, I think it was Milwaukee Milwaukee Road. It was like the Milwaukee West Line or something. Yeah. I mean, otherwise it was like it would be like the Belmont bus forever. You you're like right between the Kennedy and the Eisenhower. So the expressways don't help you anyway. But she told me one day that they had a, uh, a a black party, and everybody in their neighborhood. And these were all they were all uh, frame homes. They were nice, real nice neighborhood. But they had all bought the places, you know, two, maybe two ten. They were starting to go for like four fifty. This is in two thousand and seven. She goes, there, there were not one person at the black party could could afford their home if they had to buy it today. I mean, so you're, you're, you're taking entire swaths of the population, entire income levels, and all of a sudden say you can't even... Now, granted, if they sold it at 450 and bought another place at 475 they could afford that, right, Nance? Because you're just trading one for the other. But nobody, not one of them, could just say, oh, yeah, how much how much the mortgage at 450 I'm in. I mean, it, I, but that only goes so far. The numbers, some someday you run out, you run out of the special people, the ones that are sold in the house all... People are moving from maybe sold a place in California and are moving to Orlando. Well, surely they can afford it if they sell a place at one point two. But I mean, it it seems like there's there's a there's a problem here down the road someplace. And, and well, there, there probably is going to be a problem. It's just it's just a matter of when and how fast it comes. I mean, usually if we're in this kind of an economy where the home you know the home prices are so high that the market is doing well, right? Yeah. And the market is not. Do you think the market is doing all that well? I don't. You mean the stock market is doing huge? Yeah, yeah. Well, if if you're in an index, other than the Russell, if you're in an index where you got any anything where those seven stocks are in, you're doing fine. If you mm-hmm. if you if you uh, bought what was good last year, even though we're starting the market rally starting to broaden out a little bit, if you if you're into the, like your dividend stocks, your telephones, your Verizons, your 3Ms, those kinds of things, you you could very you could easily be down on a year. There's, there's a, but now those things are starting to, even though they're starting to come up a little bit. So we're, we're broadening out a hair, but, but yeah, you could, you could be in the market here. And I'm up until a couple of weeks ago. I think the, uh, what's the, the, the price, price weighted or something, something S and P was like down. 
Well, not now it's up. You know, so, but God, if you, if you happen to be in, uh, you know, if you bought NVIDIA at the beginning of the year, you're, you're fat and happy. But, you know, it's, uh, you just you just wonder, plus economically, when when you put somebody in a house for 4000 a month that used to be 1900 it's coming out someplace, Nance. It's not going to Fox's. It's not going to some bar. It's not going to the movie theater. It's not going for a new car. I mean, you can't, you, Chief, you know, did you say the development was now four hundred? The prices were four hundred. Four hundred to six fifty or something. Wow. Depending on did, it, because a couple of the blocks are going to be single family homes. Did uh, I mean if there really is thirty percent inflation though? Would do you think the three hundreds would clear if they were listed at three hundred? What do you mean clear? Would would the would that be an issue in the neighborhood? You said four hundred would be probably an issue to get everyone to, you know, or get the developer happy to sell most. Well, that's of what I mean. I have no idea what. What that's a, that's a John or Nancy. What, if you were to put up a development like that, what do you think? What do you think your margin is, or your your hope for margin, Nancy or John? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I I think you know if you're thinking you can find buyers for all the four hundred to six fifty thousand six hundred fifty thousand dollar homes. You must know more about the demographics of the area than I do, because um, I, I I think that there's, you know, for one thing, there's no such thing really as a starter home anymore. Because no, it really no. aren't, aren't aren't people in a position to buy a home they can afford if they're just starting out buy any home, and there's not not many of those homes around because people are who are living there now can afford them, but they can't afford to, to move up. You know, to the next level of housing stock, and they don't maybe have any plans to anytime soon, maybe in their lifetimes. For all I know, I, I think that that the idea of starting out the home um, that you can, you know, maybe sell in a couple of years and move to a bigger home. I I just I can't imagine that it really happening in that many places anymore. Certainly not around Chicago. It's just inconceivable that you could afford anything as a young couple, even if both spouses are working, and then you add kids to the mixture. I just I don't see this working. So I, I'm afraid that there'll be people who are you know going to make their plans for marriage and married life, and a, a home as we all think of it doesn't figure into their plans at all. If you if we uh, if I was had the marathon was dumb enough to go buy a cornfield, who, who puts in like the roads and all the uh, utilities? The city did, or is that on the is that on the developer? The developer. I mean, you, you look where that's happened now. Like you know J- Joseph Marion's developments and Marionette. Park and hometown country club bills. Um, they, you know, he, you know, bought the land, you know, laid out the streets, had some planner decide on, you know, configuration of the streets, the size of the really? lots, the house values, and named, the, you know, the streets after the people in his family. You know, they're all, it's just like a little Pullman town. But all, all the developers used to do it that way, and you know, they got, you know. You know, had to get permits and everything to connect up with sewer and water and utilities, but it was on them to do the infrastructure for it, and they they would add on as they sold more and more homes. Um, my my dad sold homes in Country Club Hills when it was just starting, and I go out with him on you know Sunday open houses and these little model streets with model homes. It'd be like six homes, and that was it. Well, Nance, what if if, if, if I'm planning on the, if I'm planning on selling one of, if I'm the guy and I'm planning on selling one of these things at four fifty. What do you suppose my cost is? What am I trying to get? Am I trying to get ten percent, twenty? I I can't imagine being able to put a place up for two fifty or three hundred now, but maybe you can. What do you Your think? Time, I, I they look at the 
there's no there's no great answer to that. I mean, I um, they look at the whole development and then they look at how much it's going to cost to subdivide and then, you know, they look at bringing the water, the sewer, um, all the streets and all that, and then they they just you have the cost and divide it all up. So. Let's face it; they're not they're not going to do it for nothing. I mean, are they going to yeah. do it for percent, twenty percent? Depends how big the number is. I would imagine. Do you think it's all on spec, or do, or people already signed up for like the ten homes he's going to have, or the twenty single family homes? No, I I think he's got to he's got to have a plan where somebody's already in there. You know, he he's got like you have to have something sold. Right, I would think so. Or the bank the bank gives you the money. I mean, you have to say, look, you know, I'm going to build a hundred. There's going to be a hundred homes, and I've, I've already got ten started. Then, then you've got the basis for the um, other people to buy because you've got your, you know how much you're going to get for them, right? And then you know what your appraisals are going to be. But you have to have somebody in the barrel with you. You can't just go into the boat with nothing. So you think he says this block's going to be done first? And by the way, I got ten buyers, and it's kind of a a rolling right. financing. It's not that the the bank's going to write him a check for three hundred homes and hopefully sell something later. He's gonna. They're gonna. Bank's gonna look at the entire project and and make a commitment to fund that project. Okay. But he has to have show what he's got in it, and he's got to have collateral to back it up. Okay. So that part is taken care of, and a lot of builders fail. I mean, this is nothing new. That does happen. So all of a sudden, the place he thought he was getting six fifty for, he's getting five hundred for, and he's toast. Well, there's a lot of unfinished projects up there too. Correct, right, John? I mean, there's a there's a ton of stuff you can see where it was started, and then they just walk away. And then, you know, not only does the builder lose, but the the homeowners lose right. who bought into it. That happened in Blue Island in that big thing, right? Where they had a big development, yeah. and all of a sudden uh, they did about two blocks, and that was it. In fact, one of the guys who traded next to me in the OEX pit, he bought like one of the first homes, and I think they got the five homes. That was it for five years. So their place wasn't worth anything. Yeah, well, that's it's, that's what you run into when, you know, you everybody has to face what what the consequences can be when you you buy into something like that because a lot of the builders do go under. They just their collateral starts going down. So the, the question, the real question is where we started was you know can people afford this? And the answer is right now I don't I don't really know where we're going. I mean, life is going to go on, so people are affording it and they are buying it. And then who knows? He can ask, you know, like you're saying, he's going to ask 480, but you know, who knows? He may sell, wind up selling for 420, 430. I mean, or or gets, could go to, could go to 525. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, if he's lucky, he might get more. Who knows? It just depends what the demand is. Well, Nance, thank you, Jan. Thank you, Nance. Hopefully, I'll see you this weekend. Uh, um, SP futures up ten now. Nancy futures up thirty-seven. We only go one way in this market, and uh, just buy buy the dip. Nancy, ready to buy the dip? And one one, you got your finger on the on the button. I'm sorry. You got your finger on the button dip. If we go down on the spoos, you're gonna buy some. Sure. There you go. <laughs> anyway, we back I'm tomorrow's st- back tomorrow's stocks and jacks. Okay, I picked the wrong week. Quit sniffing glue. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. 
Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.